knew kind of behind closed doors the conversation was beginning to happen um and then when the law changed we kind of opened those doors and said okay we you know let's have this conversation and then there's this flurry of people that said actually yeah i have a private prescription um and this is what i found and this is how helpful it's been and for a lot of people as well that have you know when you're you're having lots of opioids when you're on medication to counteract the effects of the opioids he said it's mm -hmm. simplified everything as well so that feedback for us was not only have they found that it's worked it's meant that they could come off other things as well the last resort living with a condition like ella danlos syndrome or eds is a battle for one in 500 people across the uk However, like cannabis, there's a lack of education, understanding and awareness of the illness and how to treat it. Coupled with the fact that many sufferers have an adverse reaction to different medications, many are turning to medical cannabis, often as a last resort. We speak to Sarah Hamilton, Advice and Information Manager at Ella Danlos Support UK, to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Lobster Pot Podcast. I'm Dave Barton. I'm your host. Someone who does know stuff. This is my nice little segue into our uh, introducing a guest today. We have a... Uh, Sarah Hamilton, who is the Information and Advice Manager at the, I'm going to say it right, Ella Danlos Support UK Charity. Um, did, I, did I say that right, Sarah? You did. You, you nailed it. Yes. <laughs> How are you? Good to meet you. Uh, good, thanks. Yeah, just uh, looking forward to Christmas and not prepared at all. Like, I yeah. Think I think that's the, that's the way. So, so tell us more. So we met at the um, Medical Cannabis Conference about a month ago, and obviously you were on a panel there. But tell us a little bit more about Ella Danlos, um, EDS for, for the, um, like me, people who just can't say it. So uh, tell us more about the condition, and uh, then we'll kind of get into a little bit about how cannabis can be beneficial for, for people with the condition. Brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, a, a complex one, but... Um, basically, the easiest way of describing it is that the mortar between the bricks is faulty, it's fragile, so everything's wobbling. Um, we see hypermobility throughout the entirety of the body. Um, so there's, there's 13 different types of EDS as well, just to kind of complicate things even more. And then there's hypermobility spectrum disorder that's very closely linked as well. Again, we shorten that to HSD because they like to put as many words in these things as possible. So it's just much easier to have uh, the acronyms, but essentially it's connective tissue disorder. The collagen is faulty uh, and collagen is kind of in every part of us. So our joints, our skin, our organs, um, and it's too stretchy, it's not doing its job. So in terms of kind of symptoms or what people experience, if we look at the most common type, which is the hypermobile type, um, we see frequent dislocations, um, we see uh, issues with skin, healing, um, organ prolapse, gut issues, bladder issues. Um, it's kind of an extensive list. And what's really interesting about the condition as well is that person to person, it affects people very differently. Um, most people suffer from pain and fatigue with it as well. Um, and there's not really much known about the management of it. There isn't currently an NHS pathway either in terms of getting diagnosed, getting managed, and where to go from there. How, many, you people have, how many people have it in the UK? Uh, for the hypermobile type, we're looking at about one in 500 was the last data. So it's not rare. 
it's not a mm -hmm. rare condition. For the other types, they, they are rare, but they also have much more uh, succinct um, diagnostic pathways and management pathways. And they tend to be picked up when people are a lot younger as well because of the, the symptoms are very visible and extreme. And I think that's a big thing to take on board, that it's an invisible condition. You look well, you often look fine. Mm. So people don't believe that there's lots going on inside as well. No, I mean, it's um, I mean, it's something you don't hear about a lot. I certainly don't. But again, again, it's the sort of thing that you might not recognise that someone is suffering from it, um, maybe because they're managing managing it well. What are some of the sort of current treatments, I guess, other than medical cannabis, which will come on to currently for a lot of people? Again, when it affects people differently, is that the same with the medication as well? People can just have different reactions to it. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the information that we get back, fed back from the community, especially when it comes to pain medication, either it's not worked or it's been too effective or they're reaching a point now, especially on opioids, where they've upped and upped and upped and now they've kind of peaked. There's nowhere to go from here. And although things like physio can be really helpful, hydrotherapy, etc., when you're dealing with, say, nerve pain or you're dealing with um, injury pain, you've dislocated your shoulder again and that's an acute pain, it's really difficult to find management for it. And the doctors as well, you know, you go to the doctor and they just go, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make this better and what to put in place. That's really interesting. So, I mean, so how, how has kind of medical cannabis kind of entered the, the frame with uh, EDS and how many people are kind of using it? And is it the sort of thing a lot of people are, are using with the condition? Are they really openly discussing it or? Is it a little bit different? It used to be, I think like a lot of charities, we kind of shied away from the conversation. We knew kind of behind closed doors, the conversation was beginning to happen. Um, and then when the law changed, we kind of opened those doors and said, okay, we, you know, let's have this conversation. And then there's this flurry of people that said, actually, yeah, I have a private prescription um, and this is what I found and this is how helpful it's been. And for a lot of people as well that have, you know, when you're you're having lots of opioids, when you're on medication to counteract the effects of the opioids, they said mm -hmm. it simplified everything as well. So that feedback for us was not only have they found that it's worked, it's meant that they could come off other things as well. Mm -hmm. We kind of went, oh, actually, you know, this is something we want to get way more involved in. Anything that helps our community, we want to, you know, mm -hmm. step into and get involved in and hear back from them about the impact that it's having um, and people being able to get those private prescriptions as we know getting an NHS prescription is just not really a possibility but if we can support people when they're going through private prescriptions mm -hmm. it's a step in the right direction and I think as well it's been very community-led it's been the community right. that's come forward and said this is something we want to hear about this is something we want to know about and everything that we've done in terms of say the panel that we attended and things like that has been really positively received um which just goes to show that the conversation is happening and is happy to happen as well yeah no, absolutely i think i mean from the perspective of sort of cost and you know private prescriptions and i guess if people with eds are not are they kind of able to work a lot of the time or condition permitting again how does that kind of i mean is there kind of support in terms of you know helping people afford the cost and things like that or is that something that is kind of outside of your remit or are these some of the issues that you find a lot of patients commonly encounter yeah i would say that the biggest hurdle is cost mm -hmm. um 
a huge proportion of our community are on benefits benefits are not enough really to pay for a private no. prescription um and although the cost has kind of reduced in terms of private mm. prescriptions it's still so much money and if say you initially are in a position where you get a private prescription and then you're not able to then you're kind of back to square one with where do i go from here if i now can't afford my prescription um we're unfortunately not a grant giving charity so we don't have the ability to help with paying for things um mm. And we understand as well that that's, you know, it often leads people to go down an illicit route, which obviously is not something that we, you know, want people mm -hmm. to go down. That's not the route that we want people to access. Um, and it's a really difficult one because people often call up and say, you know, it's something I'm really interested in. And I've spoken to lots of people and they find it beneficial, but I simply can't afford it. And it's mm -hmm. a really difficult position to be in to then say to them, I'm really sorry, but that's yeah. where it ends here. There's nothing we can do about it currently. Um, and it is a massive shame when it could be helping mm. and it could be making a difference potentially to that person to say, you know, it is just very expensive. No, absolutely. And, and again, when you think about, well, the way in which I guess the medical community are kind of, again, their awareness of EDS as a condition and how well known is it and i guess by token i guess if a lot of people a lot of sort of gps you know are kind of thinking around the idea of prescribing different medication i mean cannabis is not going to be their go-to yeah exactly and i mean we have a lot of a lot of doctors aren't aware of it they're not mm. aware of the condition they're also not aware of medicinal cannabis so kind of yeah. a <clears throat> double whammy there and often the, the, there's a big misunderstanding of it as well oh you're just a bit bendy I don't see how this can be causing you pain we really? have gymnasts they're fine and you're like okay well if my shoulder wasn't hanging out of place and I'd agree with you but it is therefore <laughs> it's the problem or that yeah. you know you've had bladder issues where you're having to self-catheterize and things like it's it's a very physical condition so it's always very mm. baffling when it's dismissed um and the same with kind of medicinal cannabis I think most patients and most of the community feel incredibly nervous to even broach that conversation and that doctors, doctors you know would they rather go down an opioid route and often they don't they do say mm. you know I don't want to send you down that route mm. it's a really difficult route to go down um and not you know it's one difficult to come with its own what is yeah with its own stigma as well and you know and again I think as we sort of discussed before there's so many I mean my understanding for the kind of opioid crisis are very much informed by a lot of the things that have been on tv recently and you know understanding how the impact of it has been on on the us i don't think we have it to the same extent here but you know you get enough of a sense of you know this is these are highly addictive substances that people you know like you say struggle to come back from it's not a great route for anyone so anything but again cannabis does not have the same kind of impact in the same way but i mean i mean in a negative sense you know it's not addictive in the way that um again i guess that's up for debate to some extent but uh you know it's it has a lot more benefit to it it's plant medicine it's you know it's not you know highly addictive in the way that opioids can be yeah. are those some of the issues that are kind of being discussed by patients in sort of forums and communities and sort of the eds community are they kind of you know people are acutely aware of you know what going down the opioid route could mean not always i don't mm. think there's enough 
education on it and awareness and I think yeah. often one of the things we really encourage with people is to speak to their pharmacist mm. I think pharmacists are often kind of underappreciated in their drug yeah. knowledge and kind yeah. of saying you know go and have your a conversation with your pharmacist that they can explain the side effects of this medication the potential of going on this medication you know we've all been to the doctor when they say oh you know take this and we trust them and we go and take mm. it Yes. Um, and, and that's absolutely fine. But I think there's no harm in digging deeper and finding out more. And it may be that there's something worse for you. We do have people that, you know, opioids have changed their life and they've been able to get on with things and that's fine. But for a lot of people, it's not. And that's the problem. Yes. There has to be an alternative. There has to be a choice and a yes. choice that's led by that patient, that it's their choice, and not the one of those around them. No, absolutely. I mean, what difference have you seen medical cannabis you know make on people's lives with eds i mean how transformative have you seen it be i think the biggest one for me is when we first came into the kind of medicinal cannabis world and i came across a patient who now was off her peg feed um mm. back at wow. work back at uni and just thriving and wow. it was just such a real physical representation of actually this has made a really big difference yeah. and similar things when we're seeing those comments and those conversations and people saying oh this is what it's done for me I've been able to do this I've been able to go and do the things that I want to do and as well people kind of being very honest or initially the dosage when I gone through the private clinic it wasn't quite right but we've adjusted it we've worked with it and I think giving that information as well so people know it's not a kind of immediately take this fixed or problems gone you've got to work with it you've got to do other mm -hmm. things but that's okay that's not a problem you can do yeah. that and you can yes. have the support the clinics and things um mm -hmm. which has been really beneficial I think yeah hearing those stories I think it's always that always very emotive as well to mm -hmm. hear that it's made a big difference do you feel like again a slightly different question do you feel like the, the clinics are kind of are they kind of aware of eds and um, again when i mean i'm a medical cannabis patient myself and we kind of look on sort of clinics websites and things like that and again they're kind of neurological you think of psychological uh you know pain relief other kind of you know and obviously you know cancer treatment and things like that you see that as all as kind of you know use cases for medical cannabis do you feel like they know enough about eds or does that kind of fit under say like you mentioned pain earlier does it sort of fit under that kind of bracket a little bit or do you feel like there's more could happen for clinics to understand the cannabis clinics about eds yeah i definitely think there could be more understanding for cannabis clinics we do have mm -hmm. some clinics that we know are very eds aware mm -hmm. Um, yes. and, and we've kind of done work with them and they've done webinars and things and that's been really great and helpful so mm, we know there are some but it's not all so if it could be all that would be much more beneficial from our, our point of view especially because it's so complex especially mm -hmm. because it's a condition where you can have all different types of pain you can have all different types of issues so it's not a case of coming in with kind of one or two symptoms it's it's very vast and we're aware that that's really difficult and we know with with medics and things we always say to people you know be, please be patient with your doctors it's a mm -hmm. lot of information to try and know about when they know about hundreds of other conditions as well <laughs> it's, no, it's a i mean are they kind of i guess they must be sort of specialists within the nhs as well around eds only a few unfortunately really? there's only a handful um who are wow. working incredibly hard to try and, and make a difference but 
um, often where there have been clinics where you could go and get help and where you could go and get um, assistance, they, they've been shut down. They don't exist anymore. So for the hypermobile type, it's just kind of drawn this line of, well, where do I go? And the well, medics aren't sure. And even though, like you say, it's not a hugely rare condition in, in the way that other things might be, there's still a sort of lack of general information around EDS. And again, by proxy, cannabis or medical cannabis is a, you know, treatment for EDS, I guess. So you're kind yeah. of constantly having to advocate for, you know, the work you guys are doing, you know, the needs of your, you know, community and, you know, the benefits of other and, you know, medication treatments, including cannabis. So it must be a interesting uh, conversation to have with people like, what, how, how did I not know this? Does it, do you feel like that sometimes? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of, you know, have a not been aware of this um often comes up and it's kind of you know we offer a bit of kind of reassurance that mm. not the only one you won't be the only one that's you know it's not a problem um and i think you know the biggest thing for us is just share 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 yes you know and we always say as well if say you're a patient and you're just finding out about this mm. involve you know advocate for yourself like you said advocate for yourself and allow someone else the space and time to also look at things and also research and also find out so that mm -hmm. they're able to then have accurate information and be able to make decisions from there as well. Absolutely. I mean, how many sort of patients would you say are actual medical cannabis users that you know of roughly numbers? I mean, are we talking, you know, sort of tens or, you know, potentially hundreds within the EDS community? Difficult to say. From what I've kind of seen on, mm -hmm. on our kind of we've got closed Facebook pages where conversations mm. happen. I'd say probably in the hundreds, potentially. Okay. Mm. Um, but I'm sure it would probably be less if we did a poll because I still think people don't want to voice that right. they're having still nervous about that. And also as well, there's a hell of a lot of people that we don't have access to. So, you know, within our kind of 13,000 membership, there's hundreds and thousands of people that mm. have a condition yeah. that are not under our radar. So it's it's a really difficult one to kind of pinpoint and you're kind of roughly working on kind of the conversation coming out. Um, mm. So kind of a bit of a gray area. No, for sure. But do you feel like those who are kind of, you know, vocal and, you know, will kind of actively advocate, are they kind of, you know, helping lead the way for treatments like medical cannabis for other patients as they were kind of you know do you feel like that is kind of happening within like you say everything has to be patient-led other patients kind of advocating to other patients yes yeah and i think that's been a nice position for us as well to allow mm. those conversations so someone may kind of say i've run out of options i don't know what else to do and someone will say have you thought of Mm -hmm. I've done this, this is my experience. And we always say to people, you know, having those peer experiences is really important um, and a really good way of kind of them working out, you know, what's going to work for me, what's important, um, what can make a difference. And also people then, it then kind of triggers, you see this trigger of comments of someone asking, actually, yeah, I went down this route, I'm under this clinic, this is what I found, this is what I recommend. And we can just watch that conversation unfold. And it's such a natural an organic conversation between peers it's really lovely to watch and I think as well 
then it's completely unbiased and I think that's really important as well it's not a you must do this you must take that it's just hey I did this make your decision about what you want to do and people go oh, I didn't know about that well, I'm really glad it helped you let me have a look let me research let me dig a bit deeper no absolutely no no thank you it's uh it's really interesting to hear your perspective because I guess a lot of it's interesting to speak to someone from outside of what I want to call the cannabis echo chamber in the nicest possible way, because there's a lot of, well, of course it does this, of course it's great, but, you know, from a kind of unbiased perspective and, you know, talking to people who, you know, rely on medications like this to, you know, transform, you know, their day-to-day -day life and alleviate their symptoms. And that's really, really encouraging to hear and uh, hope more people can kind of hear what you're saying and understand that, you know, there are, you know, this is, this is available and it is helping people. So this is the reason to try it. So no, thank you so much for coming on, sir. And uh, yeah, I will uh, look forward to speak to you soon. And uh, we, the uh, drug science video from the medical cannabis conference will be coming out soon, which uh, you're in. So uh, look forward to uh, seeing you on that as well, because you know, again, some great points and uh, yeah, really, really interesting stuff. So thank you so much and uh, look forward to speaking with you again. Brilliant. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on as well. <laughs>